Stay tuned for Love Talk with host Evelyn Davidson and special guest Ed and Elizabeth Horn. Love talking today about love and life in America. Thank you, Gavin. We are in studio today here in the, the rainy season of life in Austin, Texas. And this is today's Christian Talk, 1120, The Bridge. And we're in the business of building leadership and developing hearts for serving the Lord Jesus. And it is exciting when we talk about building bridges of love and leadership because it gives us many opportunities to serve the Lord in a way that would bring honor to Him. And today we're going to talk, love talk uh, about life and love and living in the gap. And this is a really important time in Texas and America. And today we have my good friends, my and good friend Ed and Elizabeth Horn. They're Texans by birth. Ed grew up in Pflugerville and Elizabeth in Austin. They're both grads of UT and home builder and a developer. And... Um, both are on the board of directors for National Day of Prayer and a hundred other things. Welcome, Ed. Welcome, Elizabeth. Glad to Thank be here. You, we are so glad to have you in the studio today. Uh, you are two of my favorite people, and we can always have fun. And we're going to do that today, but we're also going to talk about what it is that's going on in that gap where you are and where I am. And the gap stands for God's appointed place. And God's anointed position. And so we'll be talking a lot today about what it is that he's called us to do. But I just want to thank you all for being here, Ed. We're so honored to be involved with you, Evelyn. What you do is just just tremendous. And what you do for God's work around here has just been such an honor to be involved with you. And Elizabeth and I have been associated with you for how long? I mean, it's been a long time. I've decades been, here. I think probably um, with Love Talk. Probably about 30 years. Probably right. Um, We've done uh, National Day of Prayer in Austin 40. And we... uh, Elizabeth stopped getting older, so she may not count 30 Ah! years. She might might, might be 20 years for her. (laughs) Uh, And then the Good News Journal uh, for 22 years and National Day of Prayer. Our 40th anniversary came up this year. Is that not awesome? It is. Because it, I've had people ask me, Evelyn, how have you done that? I said, one toenail at a time. <laughs> you know, not one step, but just one. And, and it's when you are in that God-appointed place that God begins to use you in a way that he can get a return on the investment that he has in us. And we want to talk about that. Uh, we always start with what Van calls howdy-duty time. And that means we want to dig up a little bit of, of uh of a longer introduction, and uh, I think a lot of people in in our area know who you all are, and in the home building world, and and the ministries that you're involved in. And I, I, the best question I can ask you is, what is it that you're most excited about today, Ed? What is it that makes your heart sing today? You, you know, one of the things that uh, Elizabeth and I have been involved in the last few few years is. Uh, involved in a variety of different ministries where we've been able to touch people in different ways. Um, obviously, in being involved with you, National Day of Prayers open up all kinds of doors for us to meet people in ministry. And um, we've also been involved in really one of the things that's really been exciting is there's been 120,000 men and women that have been visibly injured in those Iraq-Afghanistan conflicts. And We've teamed up with a group called Operation Finally Home that has really been a game changer because we're building debt-free homes to give to wounded warriors, the the heroes that stand in the gap um, for us uh, in foreign countries. And when they come home, we're able to build them debt-free homes. And that's been an amazing ministry that Elizabeth and I have been involved in for the last few years. We built a hundred – we finished our – Hundredth home at Operation Finally Home about 60 days ago, and uh, we got 82 homes under construction now in the United States and 32 states. Elizabeth, who is? Give me a profile of the person that you all have built a home for recently. Well, last January, uh, we gave the keys to Sergeant Ray Coffey and his wife Melanie out at Santa Rita Ranch. Uh, Ray Coffey was injured. Three different times during his deployments. Um, the last injury that he had where literally was he was blown up. He was running back in to rescue his troops. Um, totally selfless. 
person. Um, we, we had the groundbreaking, having a long conversation with Sergeant Coffey. God just placed on my heart, I kept hearing this voice say, Oh, dear Lord, get this man out back in command because he had such a presence about him. There was such a leadership quality. There's so many fine young men and women that serve. This man is just exemplary. They have a wonderful family, three kids. Uh, oldest just was finished her freshman year down at Texas State now. And um, they are, Operation Finally Home does a wonderful job at vetting these people. Uh, you want people who it's possible to build them a house and enhance their lives. So there are special features in each house designed for that particular vet and his or her needs. So they are have enjoying their home. They uh, here in the state of Texas, an injured warrior does not have to pay property tax. So there are so many advantages to being able to provide a place for these people to live. Because if you don't have a home, mm-hmm. what do you have? Um, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a groundbreaking for the Nelms family, and both of them were injured in the conflict. So they have been living in boxes for the past two years, trying to seek medical attention. Uh, when they heard they were getting the house, she just cried and cried and said, I'll be able to hang my family's pictures on the wall for the first time since we've been back and able to live a civilian life. So the, they are precious people, and the ones we've been personally involved in, you end up kind of adopting. You help them in various ways. They become your friends. And once again, they are of such fine character that you really want them to be your friends. And most of the time, they are an enhancement to the neighborhood. We are so blessed to have men and women that will do this, that will just offer it all so that we can do things like talk on public radio about our Lord Jesus, so that we can pray in public places. You know, we owe a huge debt to these people that I will never be able to pay. So just an effort to try to do something to show our appreciation, I think, is what it's all about. You know, that is so interesting because that is a great, great need. Ed, how did you get connected with them? How did you know where to go to help people that Elizabeth's talking about? You know, um, when you walk with the Lord, and you ask for his guidance and directions, yeah. uh, he opens doors. He also closes doors, too, mm-hmm. by the way. But but he opens doors when they need to be open. And, and uh, we're, we're developing a, a large community up off Ronald Reagan in 29 called Santa Rita Ranch. It's a six, eventually have about 6,000 homes in it when it's finished. And uh, one of the things we wanted to do is we, we, we had a community that was centered on a set of values. And values drive what we do. And one of the things we want to do is be able to help our neighbor. And and one of those things was we said we want to be able to help in this these uh, wounded warriors. And we didn't really know how. So Elizabeth and I were at the National Association of Home Builders Convention in Las Vegas, of all places. You know, God shows up. Oh, even, yes. He even lives in Las there. Vegas, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and so we we were at, in Las Vegas, and we were trying to find somebody up there that knew something about building homes for uh, these kind of folks because we wanted to give a lot so we could get some a builder to build it. And um, the last day of the convention, we hadn't found anybody. And uh, as we were walking out of our hotel room, um, my my uh, uh, partner here, uh, who's a prayer warrior, said, uh, "We can't go out the door. We got to we got to pray for this." And so we stood there at the door of our hotel room, and she said, "God, put someone in front of us today that knows something about." building these houses for these wounded uh, warriors. And so we went to convention, and if you've ever been to the Home Builders Convention, it's enormous. You know, it's, uh, it's probably one of the largest home builder, uh, largest conventions in the world in terms of size and what all goes on there. And we were exhausted, you know, being young like we are, you know, our feet were killing us. And so we, as we came back and we were walking to exit the, the uh, facility, we ran into a gentleman named Gary Henley, uh, who is a builder here in Austin. And uh, Gary, Gary yeah. Henley, H-E-N-L-E-Y, has a Henley Homes, his home building company. And um, Elizabeth, of great wisdom, said to um, 
him. What do you happen to know anybody that might be interested in, or might have some knowledge of building homes for these warriors? And he said, me. And he, she said, me? me, what do you mean me? He said, well, I'm on the board of a group called Operation Finally Home. Let me walk you down the way and introduce you to uh, the people. And that's how we got connected. And it's an amazing organization. Dan Waldrop was the founder of it. They moved their operations, their home office to New Braunfels, Texas. And Dan felt the Lord leading him to this point and uh, led him to start this group called Operation Finally Home. Well, that is so interesting. I know that um, we you have a lot of support in this area, and Go- Governor Greg Abbott is doing something to help. What is that? He is uh, his new books come out. Yes, and um, he has dedicated the proceeds from that book to Operation Finally Home. Um, he wanted a way to give back to the veterans, and uh, this group is just doing amazing things. I mean, think about this: they they're building probably average homes about three hundred thousand dollars in in market value mm-hmm. for these homes. They're not building small little shacks. Yeah. I mean, these are these are major houses. And they've done 100 of them. So, you know, that's a lot of houses, and they got 82 under construction in the United States. Pulte Home Corporation, which is a major public home mm-hmm. building company, has committed to building a Operation Finally Home house in every community they build in the United States. Isn't that amazing? Now, that's an appointed place. It's an appointed place. God showed you an appointed place where you could serve. We do need to take um, a break and hear from some of our good sponsors, those that, uh, like you uh, folks, uh, that help us uh, love talk here at uh, the bridge. And we will be back with Ed and Elizabeth Horn right after this. Stay with us. Stay tuned for Love Talk with host Evelyn Davidson and special guest Ed and Elizabeth Horn. Love talking today about love and life in America. Welcome back to Love Talk. We are in studio today with two good friends, Elizabeth and Ed Horn. And we've been talking about what it is that that um, makes the lives that we have so important in the area of leadership. That the Lord has a way of placing us in an appointed place. And, of course, when he does that, that he anoints us to do those things that he has not only called us to do, but equipped us to do. And we've been talking, Elizabeth, about the um, the project of building homes for wounded warriors. And I we had mentioned as we went out that Governor Greg Abbott is dedicating the proceeds from his book uh, to this ministry. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, Evelyn, as you well know, of course, the author of this, we pray for our leaders every day. We are so blessed in Texas because we have gone through a series of governors who are believing governors that honor our Lord and Savior. And Greg Abbott is one of those people. As we all heard today, this year in May, at the National Day of Prayer Governor's Prayer Breakfast, he has an amazing witness. His walk with the Lord is evident, and he loves to talk about it. And I think God uses him for things such as this, because our story is the only thing we know through our heart. And he loves to talk about what I call God's fingerprints on his life. You know, King David always would reflect about how the Lord walked with him every day. And I think Greg Abbott walks with the Lord every day, and he chose, I don't know how, but he chose Operation Finally Home to be the benefactor of the proceeds from the sale of his new book. Um, his book is a very interesting read, and um, he's making a tour of all of the major cities and some minor cities with book signings. We had it here in Austin and mm-hmm. saw you up at Round Rock. So... Um, the Lord placed on his heart how important it is to honor the veterans who have literally laid down everything they are and they have to protect our freedoms. Um, Operation Finally Home builds houses for veterans. They gift them a house. 
There are no strings attached. There's no mortgage. Um, homeowners' fees are paid. There's no property tax. They have to pay the electric bill. Now, in order to do this, Operation Finally Home, there are many trade partners in the building industry, many developers who will donate a lot, such as Ed did, uh, to build a house. Lately, Blake McGee did that here in Austin for the groundbreaking that was two weeks ago. Uh, trade, various trade partners come together, and we've been in the building industry all of our lives. What warms your heart is to be sitting there on a job and to have your competitors' workers show up for an afternoon to frame the house. Mm-hmm. Um, on Sergeant Goffey's house, BMC West, the supplier of all lumber and doors and trim, uh, they took their lunch break several days. And part of their workers came, strapped a tool belt on, and came out there. It's a great bonding experience, but it's also um, a giving experience for these people. The house is built before the sheetrock, when it's dried in, before the sheetrock is put on the wall. Uh, that people are invited, people who've worked on the house are invited to come, bring their Sharpie, and write scripture on oh. all the studs. That Sergeant Ray Coffey said that was the most meaningful thing he had ever seen. His particular house, <clears throat> excuse me, which I was a part of and Ed was a part of, I do not think there was one single inch of exposed raw wood by the time the writing was finished. People showed up and wrote scripture to their heart. Mm. And so then the next day, the sheetrockers showed up and completed the house. But it's a very special time for everyone involved. It's just something about it that truly blesses you when you get involved in this. Uh, the houses are usually donated, all saving except maybe $80,000. So Operation Finally Home, uh, they do raise money. If anyone would feel like on their heart to donate some little bit to them to play a part in this wonderful activity, uh, their website is operationfinallyhome.com. And dot org. Dot org. And they, you know, there's an easy path to do this. Um, it's got a wonderful rating. Ninety-two cents of every dollar raised goes to the veteran. Well, you know, it's, it's really, um, I just get chills thinking about the fact that we live in the great state of Texas. And people still are committed to the ways of our Constitution. And that's oh, basically, God. well, that's true. And that is basically the leadership uh, fortitude that Governor Greg Abbott has in that regard is that we have got to support our Constitution. You know, we um, we are living in some troubled times today uh, in a lot of areas. Uh, but the Lord does place people like the two of you in that hole uh, that we call GAP, uh, that he might get a return on the investment. And so I certainly want to thank you for that. But, you know, like I said life is different. Ed, what was life like for you growing up in Pflugerville, Texas? Well, when I grew up in Pflugerville, there was a, it was a pretty small town. I think most, <laughs> of the, most of the time that I lived there, there was a sign out front that said 750. Mm-hmm. And that was the number of people living there. That's a little bit more than cutting sheep. <laughs> we had 200. <laughs> But it was a it was an area where family families mattered, mm-hmm. um, connection to the church mattered, um, time was spent on the weekends um, being connected to the church, um, families were gathering around the church, um, and it was a place where where people wanted to be involved with with people of faith. Mm-hmm. And it was also a place where there was also problems and issues associated with it, but the community gathered around to really help and support all those people. You know, one of the things I was uh, along those lines, um, one of the things I've really learned about these veterans that, that kind of tie back to that is that I've met veterans from really all over the United States that have been receiving homes from Operation Finally Home because mm-hmm. they're in 32 states. There's one thing that's consistent. They never expected to ever get that house. Isn't that amazing? They weren't dependent on the government. They weren't looking to the government to come in and provide them anything. Their whole basis was duty, 
honor country. And if you ask any of them about what this means and what happened to them, they don't see it as something that they're expecting something. But we as a country owe it to these people Mm -hmm. to do whatever it takes to help them because they paid the ultimate sacrifice for us to make a difference. And so I think one of the things that, that I've seen in when I grew up was there was a lot of people that were from the greatest generation, World War II, and they knew about duty, honor, country, and that's where they they came from. Elizabeth, well, you know, I know you grew up in the big city of Austin. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <clears throat> How different was it for you growing up? than it is today for young people. You know, when I was growing up, I don't want to date myself terribly, but this Keep Austin you Weird. You stopped getting old a long time ago. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, we call it Keep It Wired. <laughs> well, we didn't have any weirdness about Austin. You, we didn't even lock our doors unless we went out of town on vacation. Um, you, you know, the difference that I see is that it's all in the heart. Mm-hmm. And people seemed then to have a heart to seek good, not only to do good. And I think our culture, you know, I read somewhere where everything that passes in front of your eyes is recorded in your brain. And we've spent many years looking at horrible movies, playing video games where we try to kill people and all. And so your heart dwells there. Back then, everyone had a heart for joy, mm-hmm. you know, and people hope. were churched. We all had hope. You know, I was raised by a man that had been in World War II in the North Atlantic, and his the DNA inside of him was, doesn't matter what, just do the right thing. And nothing was ever questioned. You just saw what was the right thing, and you did that. And... Honor was such a thing. People, you know, character is who you are when the lights are out, when nobody sees. Mm-hmm. And people took pride in their character. And they reached for the moon. They wanted to be wonderful. So today's world is just, it's a little bit different. I yes. think I think we made a drastic turn in the world when we stopped honoring human life, mm-hmm. the life that's in God's image. And once we made that turn, what's left? If you're not going to honor human life above all else, you know, what is left? And as long as you honor human life and that human life seeks to do good and to do the right thing and to honor and glorify God, you know, that's the Austin I grew up in. You know, that's interesting. Um, I grew up in a very small town. Uh, My dad was drafted into World War II. And um, I experienced fear like I'd never known before because the the contrast between the time that that my dad was home and everything was going and we had a radio station and he he was a builder and you know all these things uh, was secure yes. nothing shook it yes you know the neighborhood was strong uh, the church was strong however we we're not a Christian family uh, just just society in general took care of each other and then suddenly today that is so fragmented we see things today that we've never seen before and and even just recently uh there was an episode of a a four-year-old child that fell into uh, a facility where there was a gorilla we need to take our break um I want us to talk about that and how it is today that the value of life as we know it compared to what some people believe about life today that would put a gorilla before a child. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, This is the contrast we're talking about. Uh, Kevin, let's take our break, and when we come back, let's talk about what it means to really value life and love right after this.
Stay tuned for Love Talk with host Evelyn Davison and special guest Ed and Elizabeth Horn. Love talking today about love and life in America. Thank you, Gavin. I'm sorry I called you Kevin. I get a little confused sometimes when I get excited, and I am excited today because we have two good, very good friends in the studio, longtime supporters of Love Talk and the Good News Journal and, and National Day of Prayer and, and the city of Austin. Uh, and that's Eddie and Elizabeth Horn. And Elizabeth, when we went out, we were talking about how important life is today. That's what we're talking about today. It's love of country and love of life. And uh, just just recently, uh, well, in fact, this week, uh, there was an episode with a gorilla and a young four-year-old boy. Let's back up a little bit and talk about that. Well, to my understanding, this four-year-old boy fell in the area. Pit. Yeah, I guess. Uh, he fell into a moat. Yes. Where a 17-year-old gorilla lived. And... Um, Everyone, I think the video has been seen by everyone in the world. Such a tragic incident on all accounts. You know, and the gorilla started playing with the little boy and throwing him back and forth. Um, the 911 was called. The mother was standing there. I can't imagine her horror. Oh. You know, um, of course, Evelyn, it doesn't need to be said that everyone, you know, every human being, has a heart for animals. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of the people that can't speak for themselves. I'm an animal lover. I've been a horse lover and owner for, you know, my whole life. And, you know, nothing breaks your heart more than to see abuse of animals. Abuse of animals, abuse of children, those who can't speak for themselves, you know, just enrage you. However, this four-year-old boy fell into the moat where the gorilla was. Uh, the only thing, facts I know about this incident other than seeing the video, is we saw Jack Hanna, who yes. is world famous on TV, talking about this. And I think the question that was begged was, why didn't they tranquilize the gorilla and knock him out? And Jack Hanna said, oh, well, a tranquilizer dart takes between five and ten mm-hmm. minutes to work. And how could you trust, you know, the animal with this child for that? Um I think the zoo made the right decision. You know, think about what would have happened in oh. the reverse. You know, <clears throat> that the animal would have harmed the child or killed the child. You know, how could you, how could you live with yourself with that? So, <clears throat> excuse me, it is a tragic thing. I think the lesson to be learned is hold your child's hand when you're at the zoo, yes. for heaven's sake. But the thought that we would even consider not protecting human life, you know, placing an animal's life over a child's life. I don't think that's where our God wants us to go. Mm-hmm. These human beings are created in God's image. And I think that's, a, you know, that's who we are. He breathed his spirit into each one of us. And that spirit of God lives in people. And, of course, once we come to faith in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within our heart. So I think that's, you know, I think if we've lost sight of that to some degree. Across this nation, I think you're so right. Uh, and, and every day there's a new billboard of some of the rights that we've given up that, you know, the military, these warriors have fought for. Uh, you know, our ancestors, ancestors died for. Uh, when we think that uh, an animal is more valuable than in a human life, or that life is more valuable than God's life, then we are in serious trouble in this nation. And, you know, that's that's a pretty gruesome uh, example of where we are in America today. But, Evelyn, I, don't, I think you can go back in Scripture in the Old Testament, and you can see examples of what happened when a culture didn't value life, mm-hmm. human life. Mm-hmm. God didn't honor those societies that didn't choose and honor life. And that is a that is something that we as a country better wake up because we are in a situation to where we we are not here to worship the creation. We're here to worship the creator. And the worship of the creator is the key to this whole subject because it's about valuing life. And it's about valuing the relationship we have 
with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it's transforming. It changes your life forever. You're connected to the king of the universe, the creator of, of all creation. And it's, we're not here to, uh, to worship the creation. We're here to worship the creator. That is too, so true. And, you know, back in the old covenant times when there was uh, God's Holy Spirit would come upon a man, not in dwell. Yeah. You know, Moses would go up on top of the mountain, talk to God. He'd come down. He'd put his mantle over his <laughs> face because the people could tell when he no longer was really uh, anointed by the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's called Shekinah glory is what it's called. And he didn't want them to see it come and go, so he'd cover himself. Uh, and the people just did not relate to that and to the extent that they uh, were excited about it or ready to go to work on it. And in the book of Ezekiel uh, in 2230, Ezekiel looked at his world and he was really torn up about what was going on. And he named so many things. He said that the priests uh, have this, uh, they've desecrated the Holy Land or the temple. He said that uh, the um, the public were just wolves. The politicians were wolves and just eating up everything. You know, not, I mean, controlled everything. And we're in that point today. You know, even our restrooms are in danger. <laughs> you talk and think about it, Elizabeth. You know, and and then it's amazing you know, we, that that can even be. Yeah, it's amazing that can you. How could we even have that kind of discussion? I don't know, Ed. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that we would even consider that to be a subject matter that we sh we as a nation would make as a priority is that a young man can decide that he thinks he's female so he can go in the female bathroom. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Well, Evelyn, don't you think, basically, our government is not going to fix many things. I think our people have got to make change. I think when Franklin Graham was here, his whole point of we need to get back in touch with our God. Mm -hmm. Once we get back in touch with our God, with our God's word, you know, back in the day of Moses, they did not have God's word that they could open so freely. Mm -hmm. Once again, thanks to our veterans and our people, men and women of the services, we can carry around a Bible with us. We can mm -hmm. read a Bible. This is God's word. So we can know our Creator intimately. And God's Word never returns void. So the more we speak it, the more we read it, it'll change our hearts. We serve a transforming God. And we will be changed as a people. Once we are changed as a people, our government will change. They will be listening to the needs of the people. Between reading God's Word and praying, that's the fix for our country. We don't need to sit back and wait to decide who's going to let us go to which restroom. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're women. We know when you got to go to the bathroom, you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you really don't care what bathroom it is. Yeah, that'd be to that point. put rental posts outside of man's Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm in favor. More bathrooms, the better, you yeah. know. Well, yeah, you are so right, Elizabeth. And, you know, one of the, th the other things that happened during Ezekiel's time is he said the preachers covered it up. You know, they did not want to address it. I mean, it's it's in the, the 30th verse of Ezekiel 22. It is. And what God said when he looked at what he had created, as you said, Ed, uh, he knew that it was failing. It, the people mm -hmm. were failing and the protection was not there. And so he spoke and and, and went, it went to prayer, which is what we do when we have a need. We did that recently uh, when uh, we needed water. We prayed for 381 days, and 381 days, they opened the gates at Mansfield Dam. So when we look at where we are and where Israel was at that particular time, we are fighting and struggling with some of the same issues that Israel struggled with. And, and what God said to Ezekiel was, because he was grieved, he was disturbed, like we are. He said, I am looking for a man to stand in the gap. And that's what we're talking about today, God's appointed place, God's anointed place. And, and that's exactly what Franklin Graham did. When he came, we had more than 10,000 people at the Capitol. They came from everywhere. 
There were buses after buses. It was a glorious day, a glorious event on our government grounds. It was. And it, it, it left a message that we in Texas are different. Of course, he's doing this all over the nation, but he's not had this big a crowd anywhere. But one of the reasons that I think this happened, and we've mentioned it maybe once before, is that in 2013, uh, Governor Rick Perry asked us to do a thing like the response in Houston, where we went and uh, all over the state we came together to pray and worship and praise God. And it turned out that the night that he had picked for us to do it, he had a family wedding and we had to cancel it. So then he came back and wanted us to do it at, at noontime. And so we planned to do it at noontime, but then we began to look at it because that's when the border broke down and they were bringing babies across the border on top of freight cars. And then there was no DPS. We shouldn't say none. There was some, but not enough DPS security. And so we changed it to a silent assembly where we walked all across the state of Texas and prayed for our governor and prayed for rain and prayed for the needs of our schools and everything. That day, during when that was finished, uh, I had gone upstairs to the House of Representatives to speak to the Patriots Academy. And when I came out, 12 busloads of Palestinian protesters drove up. And every one of them had a sign that said, Kill the Infidels. That was a wake-up call for the pastors that were there. And since that time, Dr. Steve Washburn has written a book called Salt. We are to be salt for our, for our culture in which we live. Salt preserves, it purifies, it, it seasons, it does a lot of things. What we need to do, like Franklin Graham said God called him to do, he read that scripture where God said, I'm looking for a man to stand in the gap. And what did he say? I volunteer. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Use me. You know, Evelyn, you speak of this, and I just have to interject that Ed and I, for business, go to California often. And I was so proud to be able to stand and talk to the people that we know and visit with during the drought, the historic drought that we had, and compare Texas to California because Mm -hmm. we had a governor they called us to pray. Yes, they had a governor that asked them not to shower. Yeah. Oh. So we we did get the rain. We had rain in exactly 681 days after we prayed for rain. That's the day they opened the floodgates at Lake Travis. Our reservoir was full. That is a billboard moment. That's like Habakkuk. Habakkuk said, yes. you know, you tell me what you're going to do, and I'm going to write it on the billboard. Well, there you go. <laughs> we like billboards. It is time for us to take our, our final uh, break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about what it is we do when we're in the gap right after this. Stay with us for Love Talk. Stay tuned for Love Talk with host Evelyn Davidson and special guest Ed and Elizabeth Horn. Love talking today about love and life in America. Well, but welcome back to Love Talk. I'm sorry I'm tickled and it's hard to talk. We are having such a wonderful time in the studio today, Gavin, with our friends Ed and Elizabeth Horn. And we, we I understand you're called uh, uh, Reverend Eddie or Freddie or whatever. <laughs> Ed, we've talked about where we are in America and what it is that uh, it's going to take for us to be used of God in the place where he's planted us. And how important it is that we stand up and report for duty. You know, we have such a unique uh, opportunity that so many times we, me included, don't use. And that is we have a direct connection to the creator of the universe, to Jesus Christ, to the Lord. And God is, is an amazing. And he has he's given us the ability to, to communicate. And part of that starts with prayer. And with prayer is where we all start with that, with that equation. But pr- 
prayer starts with repentance. It's about surrendering. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk about what really the country needs. We need a revival. But that's an easy word to say because a lot of times we say revival. We need revival in America. What is that like? In our We're churches, going, that's exactly what we need. What we need. But, but what does revival mean? Well, maybe it means we get a tent somewhere and we go all gather. No. What it means is is that we as individuals start with repentance, mm-hmm. asking for forgiveness, and seeking guidance from our Heavenly Father. When we as a nation, independently, not relying upon somebody else, but rely upon ourselves, start with us. When we stand up in that gap and say, God, please forgive me mm-hmm. for what? For the sins. Please forgive me. Give me direction. Lead me where I need to go. And when those when that happens, there is a movement. And we've seen it a few times in our country where there's been this revival that's happened, and there's thousands and thousands of people. And it comes it comes not from a group. It comes from individuals. And it starts with us. It doesn't start with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But what we're called to do, for me personally, is that until I came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I was walking in a world that was 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 horrible. It was it was miserable. It's when I was able to stand up and ask God to please forgive me for my sins. When I came to know that He stood on the cross mm-hmm. and paid it all, all for me, and by doing that, I was able to have Him stand in the gap between me and God, yes. and as 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 the intercessor. And by doing that, I was able to have a direct connection to our Heavenly Father. That is a power that's far greater than anything we have in the world. And it starts, Evelyn, with a very simple step. It starts with prayer. Mm-hmm. And when people are praying, and I think one of the most powerful things that are happening in this city is that there's pastors, 300 pastors that are coming together to pray. That is the most powerful thing that's happening in this city right now. And I'm watching that uh, directly and, and indirectly. Um it's beginning to energize our congregations in ways in this city that mm-hmm. we've never seen before. And people coming together to, to do just what I just said, repent and ask for God's direction. And that's exactly what happened in that, you know, when we started praying for rain, mm-hmm. was that we first started. We didn't start by saying, God, please bring us rain. We first started said, God, please forgive us. Mm-hmm. And then we said, bring us rain. And guess what happened? He did it. And, you know, it is exciting that it is a point of record. Yes. Uh, it, it is a point of record to the extent that it brought people together that normally would not come together. When it brought the pastors together and the people together. And I, I was there at that very first one. I, I love Dr. Kai Bowman. He, he says God's house should be called, should not be called, but should be a house of prayer. And, of course, you know, it, part of it's praise, but it always comes down to repentance. Uh, this year, at, with National Day of Prayer uh, at Camp Mabry, uh, we have 40 years have done Camp Mabry. We are in a, a place right now where we are we provide lunch. We get a vendor to provide lunch, and we provide a program. Uh, we They had asked for someone that could bring them hope and cheer them up. <laughs> And so I said, well, I'm, I'm too tired right now. <laughs> uh, but they were kidding me. But anyway, we, uh, we arranged for a, a speaker, and it turned out that he was not available. And so I just prayed, and I said, Lord, here we are three weeks prior to this event. Who is it that you want? You know, amazing what, what God does. Yeah. And you know what he spoke to me? Two pastors. I called Kai Bowman, and I said, Dr. Kai, this is where I am. This is what I need. Because when he first came to town, I became his grandma. And he said, um, I'll do it if Trey Kent can do it with me. And, it, and Because he had said, the Lord said, get, you know, get a couple of pastors, get two pastors. And what they did is they told the story of the 681 days. And when it was all over, and then... Trey came back, and we didn't pray for the seven centers of power, which we normally pray for. Some of the chaplains did a little bit of that. But they said, if you, are, if you have someone in your household today that's lost and you want to pray for them, I want to pray for them. That's what Trey did. And so he went down, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a child that's, you know, uh, 
gone awry or something. Trey did that. And when it was over, most of the chaplains left except one. And so I visited with him, and I said, well, what do you think? He said, thank you, Evelyn. You all did something today that we cannot do. We had we had groups of two and three all around that big airplane thing in there. Uh-huh. Praying. Praise and God. See, we, we, you know, we feed them and we talk to them about prayer. We give them the prayer materials. But I'll tell you, God did something different this year with National Day of Prayer. And we are really grateful. You know, Evelyn, we sit around and we talk about praying and we talk about the miracles that we see and the fingerprints of God on our lives. But there could be people out that are hearing this message that are not there yet. And prayer is all about saying, you're God and I'm not. Mm -hmm. When you pray, you're looking up to God. And it is a special relationship. But I have a heart for people who don't know the Lord yet. And I would just encourage them to slow down and Mm -hmm. to listen because he will nudge you. It is the Father's will that all should come to him. And this prayer is a special moment between you and God. But, you know, you are asking God. And when you're asking someone for something, you're honoring them. And we praise God. And when we, I'm famous for saying miracles happen when you're praising the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I would just hope and pray that if anyone doesn't know God, that if they're wondering what we're talking about and would like to experience that, that they will find a friend, a pastor, or call in or pick up a good news journal to find out where to call and who to talk to and learn about this journey because it's the most wonderful part of life. We have many wonderful things in this country and in this life, but the journey with the Lord is probably the most special, wonderful time that you'll ever experience on this earth here. Yeah, that is so true, Elizabeth, and that's basically, you know, why we're here, to talk about the things that the Lord Jesus himself says and has done and says he will do. And you know, one of the things that, that is makes the Christian life so simple is that you believe to receive. Amen. You, you do. Someone shares with you the greatness of God, and you say, I want that. That's all you have to say is, I want that. And God said he is faithful in every situation to open your eyes to see him. And it, Paul even experienced that. He he prayed the people, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart will see God. And so that's why we are here for Love Talk. That's why we do the Good News Journal. That's why we do the National Day of Prayer, and you all work so hard, is that we want people to know that he is waiting. He said, I, I stand at the gate. And all you have to do is believe. You don't have to go do anything. Mm -hmm. You have to believe. And And it just takes the the faith of a mustard seed. That's the strange thing. That's right. We want pine cones on top of pine trees. (laughs) (laughs) That's cut and shoot talk. You know, that's the way it is, and that's the way he made it. And the other thing is that we've got to wake up to the life that we're living in right now. This culture we're living in is so polluted and it's just like it was with Ezekiel and Ezekiel said God send me somebody and God said I'm looking for a man to put in the gap and I think that's that's what all of us who are believers that's what our pastor is Dr. Steve Washburn he's written this new book Salt and it is for churches it is for Christians learn how to approach these things like the gorilla and the little boy (laughs) and you know we we are in a place right now in, in the city of Austin where people are talking about God. I think there's a revival going on. Uh-huh. I think we're seeing that before our very eyes. And, you know, part of this revival is people realizing that they have a choice. They don't have to partake in the elements of our culture of today that they don't want to. And for those who don't have the strength to do that, they re- They know they're learning. They can rely upon the power of God within them to give them the strength to just say no. Well, it is uh, exciting to know that uh, we have the opportunity to have you guys in studio with us today. And I want you to tell us again how they can get in touch with you and how they can get in touch with 
uh, the building, the house. It's, it's Operation the- Finally Home. You can do a couple things. One, if you go on Google, just put in Google Operation Finally Home. It will lead you to the website where you'll be able to see uh, what Operation Finally Home's doing, and it will direct you to if you want to make a you feel your call to make a contribution to Operation Finally Home. Uh, there's a mechanism for doing that. There's also several videos on there of the of the uh, houses that they are giving away and the surprises that they have done. So you just look up OperationFinallyHome.org or Find go a home. just Operation no. Finally Home. Finally. Operation like Finally Home. Finally Home. Finally Home. Operation okay. Finally, finally home. home. Oh, my uh, gosh. And, and that'll, that will tell you through Google, just Operation uh-huh. Finally Home, you'll be able to get there. But, Evelyn, I'll say this um, uh, about what you guys were just talking about. I, I think I think we are in the midst of some major changes. Um, you know, many people believe that uh, Jesus is uh, is coming uh, sooner. Uh, end times are coming. And um, I, I, I see all the signs of that. None of us know when that is. Mm-hmm. But we do know the signs are there. And, you know, uh, for me personally... It's about coming to know Jesus Christ has been a major change in my life. And I've watched people in my own family who have come to faith mm-hmm. and their lives have been changed. And I have seen people in my around me whose life has changed. And I thought like it starts with us. It starts with prayer. It starts with repentance. It starts with servant and, and humbleness and to humble yourself. And once you've done that, I think Austin and this state and where we are is poised for great things. Well, thank you so much, Ed, and thank you so much, Elizabeth. You know, we, I do want to say in closing today that um, we do offer you an invitation uh, to come to know the Lord Jesus. And first of all, you just have to know that you are separated from him and you're separated by sin. And secondly is that you would um, believe that he loves you and has a plan for your life. And he does. And see is that you would confess with your heart and with your mouth that you want him to be the Lord of your life. And you can do that right where you are today. And if you do that, let us know. You can call us on the love line at 512-249-6535, 249-6535. And we'll be happy to uh, uh, follow up with you and give you a Bible, give you some helps. Help you find a good church if that's where you're, uh, you need to go. And uh, in the meantime, it is our prayer today that uh, you will wake up and realize that God has an appointed place for you. And it's called grace. And he loves you and he'll never let you go. Give us a call on the love line if you need to talk to us, 512-249-6535. In the meantime, we pray that this will be a wonderful week when you'll spend a lot of time love talking with the Lord Jesus and love walking with him and with others.